Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, the final Pat's Pulpit Podcast of the 2021 regular season somehow. I don't know how this happened. It is week 18. The Patriots are in the playoffs, but there's still a whole lot to play for this week, as you and I talked about, Rich Hill, before we started doing this. Buddy, I don't remember if there's ever been a scenario in my life as a Patriots fan. Maybe there has, and I just forgot about it or blacked it out or whatever. But if there's been a time where New England could finish anywhere from the number one overall seed to the very last seed in the entire postseason, <laughs> barely squeaking in, all depending on what happens in one single week of football – I can't remember it. Oh my gosh, right? There's there's just so much at stake in this family. This is obviously like exactly what the NFL has wanted. They have so many teams that could finish within like one game of each other. Like there is a scenario where all seven playoff teams in the AFC have a record of 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. Like that could be the entire conference. And the Patriots can be the one seed if the Titans, Bills and Chiefs lose. They could be like the two seed if that happens, but the Titans win. They could be the three seed if both like the Chiefs and Titans win, but the Bills lose and the Patriots win. Uh, they are currently in the fifth seed and like will be so if they win and the Bills also win. They can be the sixth seed if the, the Colts win and the Patriots lose, but also so does whichever team was going to be in the seventh seed. And they could also be the seventh seed if the Patriots lose, the Raiders win and the, the, the Colts win. So like, there are so many different permutations of what can happen, all of them pretty realistic, uh, other than them getting the number one seed, of course, because that is a uh, shooting the death star sort of odd situation. Um, but like, honestly, if the Bills lose to the Jets, that could just be one piece of a puzzle because like something weird is going to happen in Week 18. These are all divisional games. I would be shocked if all three of the Titans, Chiefs, and Bills won their games, uh, just because that's how like odds work. You know, that, including the Patriots beating the the Dolphins. I would expect two of those teams to lose, if not just one. Um, and so we'll see what happens. This is like a pretty exciting final week of the season. 
Holy jeez, is it ever, Rich. Again, it's Patriots at Miami. We all have PTSD from every time New England goes to Miami, losing there, blowing big leads, whatever the case may be. So that is obviously first and foremost. But you mentioned a lot of the teams that matter. The Jets and Bills, I agree. The Bills shouldn't lose to the Jets. But the Jets just took the Bucks down to the wire the week before. Mm-hmm. It might be in the Jets' best interest to play spoiler and, and screw the Bills over. They're both playing at the exact same time, the Pats and bills are so we won't be able to know until both games are done the titans are at houston i I really don't see them but the texans beat the chargers like 40 to 30 whatever it was like that that, that's possible division matchup the colts are playing in jacksonville and you mentioned the last time the colts beat the jaguars in jacksonville was what 20 2014 you said it's been a long time so that's almost you know seven years or so you've got the chiefs at Denver, uh, the Denver Broncos have nothing to play for. Nothing would make them happier, though, than knocking the Chiefs out of the, the potential one seed. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, this is, again, like you mentioned, this is exactly what the schedule makers had were hoping for on Week 18. Because usually around this time of year, there's maybe two or three games that really matter. And the rest are all more or less fluff as people lock playoff seeds in or rest guys or whatever. However, Rich Hill, no game in the entire Week 18 matters more than the Sunday night contest. Chargers at Raiders. The playoffs have started for both those two teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I honestly love that scheduling. Like, this is a play-and-win sort of situation. Whoever wins gets the final playoff spot. Whoever loses goes home. There is a scenario, Alec, which I think is absolutely hilarious, is that if the Chargers and Raiders tie they both make the playoffs. Uh, if, what? If, if the if the Colts lose and then the Chargers and Raiders tie, they both make the playoffs. And uh, But if, if the Colts lose and then the Chargers win, uh, then there's no guarantee that the Raiders will make the playoffs. It'll just be uh, – it's one of those very weird scenarios where uh, the, because the, the – the Steelers have a tie right now that their like strength like winning record is like just wonky. So if the if the Steelers win and the Colts lose, then winner of the Chargers Raiders uh like makes the playoffs. But like if uh they both tie and even if the Steelers win, then both of the Chargers and the Raiders will make the postseason. So very weird match of the scheduling, but it just means that uh, you have a lot of fun going on here in the, the very much the season finale, the Sunday night football game. Two teams, I mean, obviously, I think that the Raiders are punching way above their weight right now, uh, and the Chargers are kind of faltering a little bit down towards the final stretch. Um, but I am very excited to see how that plays out, because that should be a very good game. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if the Colts did in fact lose and the Chargers and Raiders had both, just both take a knee the entire <laughs> game just to make sure they both got in the playoffs? Not going to happen, of course, but wouldn't that be wild? Prisoner's what, dilemma. How, <laughs> prisoner's dilemma, indeed. What do we do? But I'll tell you what we have to do, Rich Hill. We have to not worry about any of this because the Patriots are playing the Dolphins in Miami. As I mentioned, a place where they have not fared well historically. The good news is this is not a kind of Raiders-Chargers combination where say they have to win to get in. They're in the postseason no matter what. But as you mentioned, it is definitely in their best interest to come down and win this game. The Dolphins were the hottest team in the NFL for a little while, fell right back to earth and broke their face on the Titans, who beat them 34-3 to this past Sunday. Early thoughts on this game, Rich. The Patriots are coming off a huge win against the Jaguars. They lost two straight before that. The Dolphins and Patriots went down to the wire week one, that Damian Harris goal line fumble. Who'd have thought it would have this kind of implication on the entire season? But here we find ourselves. Are you confident about this game? Are you not worried about this game? Are you very aware about this game? Where do you stand here? Yeah, it's 
weird. I think this is a game where the Patriots just have to play their game uh, and not fall into the Dolphins game, and they should be fine. On paper, this Patriots team is very superior to this Dolphins team, uh, and, and there's just like a couple things that I think that the Patriots need to do in order to win this game. One is protect the football. That's something that they did against the Jaguars, which is great. But the Patriots are 1-5 when they lose the, the turnover battle. I believe they're 1-1 one one when they tie it. Uh, and, and then they just, you know, they're undefeated when they win the, the turnover battle. Um, and so I, I think that this is a scenario where if the Patriots win the turnover battle, they're going to be in a great space. And this is something that the Patriots, with their opportunistic defense, should be able to do. Uh, the Dolphins don't and haven't turned the ball over a lot during their winning streak. Um, but... They did it twice. Uh, they lost the turnover margin by two against the Titans, and they got blown out of the water. So this is a Dolphins team that cannot operate with any margin of error. If the Dolphins turn the ball over, uh, they are going to be in a bad space. Uh, the other thing is that uh, throwing the ball against this Dolphins team is likely a bad idea. Um, they have two all-pro caliber cornerbacks in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh, Eric Rowe is a very good safety that they have out there. Javon Holland is playing amazing football as a rookie safety. Uh, and Brandon Jones is just another quality safety out there. They have a very, very talented uh, defensive back unit where the Patriots are likely able to take more advantage is with their tight ends and also with dominating on the ground because this is not as good of a defensive front of the Dolphins relative to their secondary. And so Christian Wilkins, great defensive lineman, Andrew Van Winkle, talented and up-and-coming linebacker. I like Landon Roberts and Jerome Baker as a duo for uh, Brian Flores and how he calls it. But this is not as strong of a defensive front. And so if the Patriots can protect the football and just grind it out on the ground, I think that they should be pretty successful and beat this Dolphins team. Rich, I don't think that's that far away from a lot of the things we've said in these pregame previews yep. about how the Patriots can best attack this team. And it hasn't always shaken out that way. You want to run the ball, utilize the play action, get the ball to your tight ends. Maybe this is the week they get John New Smith involved. I feel like we've been saying <laughs> this over and over again. Uh, the concern I might have is, you know, Damian Harris is still nursing that hamstring injury. I imagine they want to limit his carries this week because you want to see him healthy as possible for the postseason. Pretty great consolation prize in Ramondre Stevenson. He's coming off a 100-yard game with two touchdowns, so I'm not overly worried in, in the massive drop-off in production. However, I don't think Stevens is the kind of guy you can just lean on for 30 carries a game. So how are you going to spell him? Is it like a Brandon Bolden week? See him having a big week out of the backfield as, as a, that kind of a third down back? Or are you going to maybe give Harris more carries than maybe you'd want to, knowing that there's implications on the line here? Honestly, I, it, I think it might be a J.J. Taylor breakout season sort of a thing. Like with Harris, I, I, with his hamstring injury, with the fact that he's injured it twice this year, uh, don't use him. Don't use him. Let him rest up. I think it's fine. You need him for the playoffs. Uh, use Stevenson. Use Taylor. You're going to be fine. Brandon Bolden can like do the spell thing. He'll be okay, too. But I, I think you have enough talent in that running back room. Maybe a Divino Zigbo like, could come out as well uh, and get the elevation if Harris isn't able to play. But I think there is enough talent out there where you don't need to force it with uh, with Damian Harris and kind of try not to aggravate his, his uh 
his hamstring again. Um, and honestly, I, I think what could happen is the Patriots rely a little bit more on their, their tight ends to kind of be an extension of the running game, uh, trying to give handoffs to players like Jonu Smith and even like Kendrick Bourne with some end arounds. I think that this is a game where you supplement the, the rushing attack with more creative ways to, to get yards on the ground uh, from other players. I also think, Rich, this is a great game to go back to that, or not go back to that, to continue using that, that 17 offensive lineman package they seem to throw out there. Where they yep. get Trent Bound and Michael Wenu. Michael Wenu is going to be my offensive X Factor this week. Uh, load up that offensive line to one side. What I really like about this play is they started using it a lot where they do a lot of stretch runs toward that strong side, toward Owenu and Trent Brown, and then they utilize play action by rolling the opposite direction after it's been successful a couple of times to really open up the crossing routes. I think it's why we've seen Kendrick Bourne do so well. We saw with Jacoby Myers last week against the Jaguars. So if they can really kind of stick with that that big jumbo tight end multiple lineman package that, that grinds the yards out, that'll help the play actually be so much more effective. And it might allow, say, a new Patriots stand-up Christian Wilkerson to get another touchdown deep. Uh, I think Aguilar... I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe rest him as well because that injury he's still dealing with. I'd rather see him out there for the playoffs than week 18. But I think if they can they can do really well and that offensive line coming off that monster game against the Jaguars as well can keep doing what they're doing, I think it should open the passing game up a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be huge. My, my X factor is going to be those Patriots wide receivers and start with Jacoby Myers as the engine, as the top target receiver, uh, because they do need to find a way to open it up. Over the past five weeks, the, the Dolphins have allowed zero quarterbacks to throw for a more than 160 yards uh, net. So take away their sack yardages. The New York Giants with 159 net passing yards is the most productive passing attack that they've seen over the past five weeks. Obviously, uh, that includes a game against the Jets, a game against the Ian Book Saints, uh, against the Titans that just simply didn't have to pass the ball. Um, but I, I think that that just shows that this is a defense that you, you don't have a lot of success throwing the ball against. And if the Patriots are going to be able to protect the football, they're going to have to lead extended drives, as Brian Flores always likes to do. Think of it as exactly the Patriots defense. And having someone like Jacoby Myers able to move the chains, if he can replicate the you know 100% catch rate that he had against the Jaguars with like a viable uh, yards per catch sort of a thing, then I think that they're going to be in a good spot. Long sustained drives are what the Dolphins do, Rich Hill. Uh, will the Patriots defense be able to stop them is the question. The last time these two teams met, the Dolphins, actually the Patriots, excuse me, still had a chance to get a stop and come back, but they just couldn't get off the field. I think it was Jacoby Brissett that ended up getting them their, their, the first down they needed to, to close the game out after that, after that fumble. I think the Dolphins are a very different team than the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously. I think Tua is a much more mobile quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. They have better weapons. They're a decent running team. They're, they're not an explosive offense that's going to you know, light you up with, with 50 points. I think what's made the Dolphins successful is that defense and relatively mistake-free football when it happens. Uh, so you think there's a scenario where the Patriots will be able to force those turnovers, force those mistakes, or are we in for another long day like we saw against the Bills where they got really aggressive, decided they're just not going to punt it under any circumstances, go for it every fourth down, and New England can't stop them? Yeah, I mean, that's a that is a fair question. Um, I, I think that this is a Dolphins team that like could do that if they wanted to. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Flores was like, we need to get aggressive. We are out of the playoffs, but like that doesn't mean that we can't try and play a little bit harder than we have been. Um, I do think that this is a different uh, Dolphins team 
than who the Patriots played. And by that, I don't mean that there's like a lot of different personnel uh, because a lot of them are still the same. Their offensive line is roughly the exact same as what the Patriots played uh, in week one. They had Jesse Davis out there. Now they have Austin Jackson um, as like a little bit more of the offensive line thing. Uh, Mike Giusecki is playing a little bit more. He wasn't playing that much in the opening game, uh, but he's really back and involved again. Um, but, you know, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, they're still out there. Waddle is uh, a different player now than he was at the beginning. And so if the Dolphins wanted to get more aggressive, they could. Um, this is a Dolphins offense that like didn't do a lot against the Patriots, though, uh, back in week one. I think that's important. And I think it's also important to recognize that it's a Dolphins offense that's still not doing a lot. Uh, at their best, they are an average offense. And that is when they are protecting the football. That is when they are, uh, you know, just playing within themselves. They are not a home run offense. They are a team that, like, relies a lot on Tua's accuracy. You know, he's comp completing 68% of his passes. But he's, like, think of how the Patriots use Mac Jones. They're using Tua even less with the Dolphins. The Patriots are relying more on Mac Jones's arm. And by that, I mean, like, this is a team that you look at who are their top receivers. Uh, you know, Devontae Parker's back, which is huge for them. Um, he's only played nine games this year. But with Waddle as the big deep threat, they've uh, or as, like, the speedster, they haven't been using him as the deep threat. They've just been using him to move the chains because they need to. Their offensive line is still not good. They don't have time to allow plays to develop. And so this is a game why Christian Barmore uh, in this Patriots pass rush is going to be my X factor for this game. Matthew Judon's been quiet for a few weeks. He would, didn't play that much last week because he was coming off the COVID list. Um, but the Patriots pass rush has been uh, not as effective as you would like over the past three weeks. Tua is not a threat to run at all. Uh, and so the Patriots will be able to kind of go after him in the pocket. And if the Patriots are able to continue to generate pressure, hopefully take down to a force some negative plays that way, then they should be fine. I, I think Barmore is going to be my headliner for this X factor because he is who the Patriots utilize on passing downs. And if the Patriots are able to get, you know, a one or two score lead, then hopefully they can pin their ears back and force Tua to make some bad throws uh, or at least not have an inconsistent offense because this is a team that relies on staying on schedule, a Dolphins team that needs to stay on schedule. And if you can force them to deviate, they're not able to respond. I'll tell you, man, that one or two score lead is going to be so crucial because one thing I worry about is I've worried about it all season is what happens if a team's running game gets going and New England just can't stop it. And if New England is able to force them to pass it, I think they're in really good shape. I think the Patriots secondary is a better matchup against the Dolphins receivers than the Patriots uh, rushing attack is against the Dolphins rushing attack, which is why I'm staying on the defensive line with you. I'm going with Devon Godshaw as my defensive back mm, factor. I think like we're, 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 we're bar more as the pass rushing guy. I think Godshaw is more that run stuffer, that, that space-eating block guy that allows the linebackers to crash the line and, and stop the run. I, I just don't want to see a situation where, obviously, nobody in the Dolphins is a Jonathan Taylor-level runner. But, again, it's not that they're only elite running backs. They can move the ball against the Patriots. So I want to see them be able to stop the run, maybe get up by 10, 14 points, uh, and force Miami to go through the air. Because if it happens, I like their rides. But if Miami is able to sort of grind out yards on the ground – uh, I just don't like how it m might might shake out, but that's a big if. Uh, however, I think uh, a big day from Godshaw and that 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 first down run play stops forcing second and third and long should bode well. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like that a lot. I think that this is a Dolphins team that needs their rushing attack to kind of stay on schedule, as we were talking about. Um, they're obviously not a great rushing attack. They rank 31st in yards per carry, uh, 3.4 yards per carry. Part of that is because their offensive line is so bad. Um, but they, they are a big threat as a receiver. Miles Gaskin has 60 targets over the course of the season. They use him a lot outside um, as a receiver. So focusing on removing Miles Gaskin, if they can force the Dolphins to be one-dimensional, then that plays into the Patriots' uh, you know strengths of being a good past defense team uh and so yeah gotcha great pick love that um I, I think that the patriots still do match up well against this dolphins team uh with Devonte parker and jalen waddle out there i would put jc jackson on waddle uh and allow jalen mills to try and cover Devonte parker mills has been playing outstanding football uh this year but i think the the biggest key in the patriots secondary could be uh kyle duggar in coverage of mike jacecki who is second on the dolphins uh with 109 targets and 71 catches uh second on the team with 758 receiving yards so he is extremely involved in this Dolphins passing attack. And so Duggar uh, will have one of his biggest challenges this year. Uh, if And if he's up to the task and if he's able to slow down Mike Jacecki, uh, then that's just going to be a huge win for the Patriots kind of head-to-head competition uh, against this Dolphins team. And, and I think Duggar is up to that task. Stopping the run, stopping tight ends have been something the Patriots have had to do for, for years now. And I really like where Duggar's come. What a what a massive leap he's made in a very short amount of time. The real concern about him always was the whole big fish in the small pond, the most athletic guy in the D2 school. But he's made the transition really well. And I think he's going to be – him and Adrian Phillips should be a really nice safety duo for, for years to come. So with that, Rich, uh, unless you have anything else you want to talk about regarding this Dolphins game, I think it's time to get the predictions. No, let's go for it. All right, let's see. Last week – we both had the Patriots win. I had a slightly less blow. I said a 23-3 to blow. You had a 33-13. to So you uh, were closer than me. We were both pretty off in exactly how badly the Pats would beat the Jaguars, <laughs> but that is all right. Last regular game of the season. Rich Hill, you've, you've dominated the predictions this week, this year. I think I've only won about four four weeks. So you've already got the celebratory <laughs> beer well in hand. The pressure's off you. But Ooh. the victory of the spoils, you're up first. Pats at Miami, what do you got? All right. Well, no days off here. Um, I think that I'm going to go very seriously with this Patriots-Dolphins matchup. I think one thing weird will happen. That's just the way that it is. That's always happens in Miami. I don't think it'll be enough to upset the Patriots. I think that the Patriots will be able to walk away with a victory here. I think that the the Dolphins offense doesn't and like won't have a, a, a big day against the Patriots. Um and I think that the Patriots offense can and will do enough on the ground to be able to win. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think it will be a win. I think the Patriots will put themselves in position to uh, feel comfortable heading into the playoffs. Uh, I imagine this is a game that the Patriots win something along the lines of 24 to 17. Oh, close one. 24, 17 Patriots coming yeah, out. So with... Maybe like a late score with the Dolphins to get there. All right, late score, Rich is Dolphins, the Patriots 24-17, got it. Uh, you know, Rich, I said the ceiling on this team coming into this year was 10-7 and 7 and maybe a playoff berth. Uh, I am primed to be right in my season-long prediction. If I predict the Patriots loss here, they finish 10-7 and 7 with a playoff berth. So why the hell not? Why can't I go for it? It's at Miami. 
They just don't win down there. I can see the Dolphins really treating this game like their Super Bowl, a great chance to play spoiler. Brian, Brian Flores up against his old team. I don't remember the last time the Dolphins swept the Patriots on the season. That has to be at least some factor for the older guys. Uh, I think this game you know, will mean more emotionally to the Dolphins and the Patriots. And again, there's something about Miami where New England just kind of just puts up a stinker. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins taking this one, something along the lines of 26-15. to 15. Dolphins. Ooh, well, I hope you're wrong. I hope that the Patriots Me can at, get uh, get at least the five seed. I would love to have that happen. Um, but honestly, though, like if they end up lower and then they get to play a team like the Titans in the second round, if they're happening to win, that's all right with me, too. Um, you know, if they're the, the sixth seed, uh, that's great because then they get to likely play like the Bengals and then uh, maybe that would be their optimal path to the postseason is uh, Bengals and then Titans and then, you know, the whole play whoever they can in the, the finale in the AFC. But that's way ahead of ourselves. I'm very excited for this Patriots game. It's been a fun season watching Mac Jones kind of evolve and, and face those challenges. Uh, and I, I do think that the future is extremely bright for this Patriots team. Uh, and no matter what happens in the playoffs, it's been a successful season. So, Alec, do you have any final thoughts as we head into the final game of the 2021 season? Not a one, man. Let's hope everyone comes out of it unscathed. That's all that really matters. All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.